Podcasting from Nashville Guitar Store in the heart of Music City, USA. Bringing you inspiration, education, and behind-the-scenes stories from prominent guitarists and others influential in the music profession. Sharing tales of their history, discussing guitars, their gear, their work, what's on tap for the future, and delivering wisdom we'll all appreciate. Your host is Marcia Ware Wilder, nationally recognized radio personality, singer, actor, and author. Today's guest is one of those names I knew for, gosh, five, six, seven years before I moved to Nashville, because I'm, I'm a credit-reading geek. Seriously, I just, I cannot help it. I want to know who plays on what, and for years, the name David Cleveland just appeared in so many of my favorite Christian albums growing up, and he has established himself as one of Nashville, Nashville's premier guitarists. He is on, okay, let's just put it this way. Um... Amy Grant, Michael W. Smith, Twyla Paris, The Katinas, David Baroni. Uh, he's been on soundtracks for films like The Apostle, one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Hannah Montana, too. We got to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's been on, uh, he's worked with Stephen Curtis Chapman on The Alive Adventure. Uh, did you work with um, Pierce? Uh, not Randy Pierce, his brother Glenn. Did you work with Glenn Pierce? No, th- that band was, it was a different band. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Um, let's see. Okay, so we also, oh, Crystal Lewis, one of my favorites. You were part of the White House Salutes Gospel Music event. Uh, you've com- you've composed themes that have aired on A&E, HDTV, WGN. Of course, you know that. I don't know why mm-hmm. I'm telling you. But <laughs> <laughs> um, now, you also have uh, a few albums to your credit, Beautiful Dream, Guitars in Worship, and Hope in Motion. And we're going to talk about those projects uh, a little bit later in the podcast Great. but first thank you for finally finally yeah a, you are one of those ungettable gets you're on my <laughs> list of people that are so busy you're like you're the guy we want because Aww. you're so you're so busy doing what you do thank and you. it makes uh interviews like this really really special so welcome great. to the program thank you marcia i appreciate it it's so great to be here with you yeah i mean and and it's also good when when you have history yeah. with a person we go back absolutely 40 years so which is amazing because we're both still in our 20s. We, yeah. We met in top. We, we met. Brilliant. In, yeah, right. <laughs> How that works. I know. Denial is a beautiful thing. Well, let's get started um, literally all yeah. the way back to the beginning. Yeah. Virginia? Yeah. I grew up in Virginia. Okay. And I uh, started playing guitar when I was about 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And we had a great, uh, just stable of guitarists up there Danny Gatton, Roy Buchanan. Uh, this guy named Ricky Buzzard. They were all like world-class yeah. guitar players. And I was fortunate enough, uh, because my dad was a guitarist, that I had kind of direct access, especially especially to Danny Gatton. Mm-hmm. And Danny's not a, a name that people would probably know mm-hmm. in general. Yeah. But if they go look up Danny Gatton and watch him play guitar, um, he he's just amazing. Big and, influence on you. And so we had, we had a very high standard of... That's very cool because it's, yeah. it's uh, where are you Fre- Fredericksburg, Virginia. Fredericksburg, Virginia. Okay. Yeah, I grew up in DC until oh, okay. I was until okay. I was fourteen, and then I moved to uh, Fredericksburg, Virginia, when okay. I was in ninth grade. Awesome. So you, you okay? You said your dad was a player. Yeah. Anybody else in your? House? Yeah, my mom sang. Okay. Uh, so we always had a PA system up in our living room. Okay. And I'm uh, totally jealous. Yeah. So it was it was crazy, and so when my mom was at work. Uh, it was me and uh, Steve Richards who played mm-hmm. drums, and my stepbrother Eddie Sellers played bass. Yeah, and so we would plug into the uh, 
it, it was basically like a sure vocal master mm-hmm. set up with yeah. the two big columns. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and on the, on the, the sure vocal master head, it had a thing called anti-feedback. Oh. Where you could actually, if it started squealing, you could dial those down. Well, really, we called them the vocal smashers because really all it did was roll out all the high end. Yeah. yeah so right. it went from like... Yeah, it just pumped up the bass. Yeah, it's like, yeah, okay. All right. But we would jam and we would have... Yeah. We would charge the kids in the neighborhood to come over and listen to us play and the name of our band... You would charge the kids? Oh, yeah. That's... Yeah, I mean, come on. It's, you know, it's, that's fantastic. But the, the name of our band back then was Pure Jam. Okay, and, of course. And so we yeah. we did all of the... It was kind of an interesting band because we did Chicago stuff. We were a three-piece, okay. which, which doesn't really okay, make sense. Okay, I was going to say, how did... Well, we just did it. You know, we it, it didn't sound good. And, and, and even I remember the song... You know, getting stronger every day. Yeah, getting stronger every day. Yeah. Well, we would fade out on it live. <laughs> it was the dumbest thing. A live fade. A live fade. Awkward. So anyway, that that was it. And and I, you know, I played in clubs and bars from the age of fourteen till I was twenty. Well, because we are a guitar store podcast, yeah, we always like to know about our artists' very first guitar. Can oh, tell me about that. Well, I still have. The first guitar I learned to play. That was my next question. Yeah. And now, I've gotten rid of a lot of great guitars that I I regret that they're gone now. Yeah. But I learned to play on... It's probably... Be, it's either 1890 to 1920. Mm-hmm. It's that age. Yeah. Folk guitar wow. that my dad had laying around. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where he got it from. But... I remember my mom showed me how to play honky tonk on that, you know, bow down, bow down, bow down, bow down. <laughs> and so, um, and it, the strings were so high off of the fretboard, but I loved the sound. It was like, I mean, if that's all I knew how to play today, right. I would still love the guitar because yeah. of the way it made me feel when I played these notes. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, yeah. my love for that, uh, and the height of the strings off the fretboard uh, drew blood yeah. <laughs> from my hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. Just, but I couldn't stop playing. It just <laughs> I would, you know, tape up or I didn't know the super glue trick back then. Or I would use super glue to tape my fingers back to. The, that is the, just the, amazing the, to yeah. me. I I had a friend that played the bass, and yeah. we were practicing. We were working on a project, and he had practiced so hard his fingers were bleeding, and oh. that's I mean. Get the super glue out. Holy cow! Oh my gosh! Okay, there's that's a second reason I won't probably ever be really good on guitar because I refuse to I, I refuse to like play open chords like Dolly Parton oh yeah yeah <laughs> but I won't cut my nails <laughs> uh, yeah yeah you can do but that I was gonna say I can do flamenco <laughs> yeah I was gonna say that maybe maybe an open tuning in a slide yeah you're, right you're I, um, yeah I'm a blue, I'll be yeah. the blues I'll be the blues babe yeah that's me um so um just when you think about that first guitar um, and you just said something about things that you love. What do you love most? Before we go in any into your history, into you know how you got to Nashville, I just want to know right now, what do you love most about playing guitar? It just the way it makes me feel when I when I hear the sound of those strings yeah. and the way it feels on my fingers. It just there's a heart connection. Okay, it just does something to me more than uh, vocal, you know, singing or. Mm-hmm. Or speaking, or, or uh, even playing the piano, I never got the same kind of feeling. Okay, as that it just feels so personal, and, and the way you can manipulate one note, yeah, to sound s- 
so different mm-hmm. uh, just by the way you you move the, your your left hand finger on the string mm-hmm. or the way you pick it, either with yeah. a pick or with your finger. It's, it's just yeah, the, it's so expressive. Yeah, and and I love that. I I haven't found a way that I can express myself better than that. I mean, yeah. you, you're listening to me talk in an interview. It's like I. This is my weakest point. Bless your trying heart. to share. You're doing great. You're doing. But, I, but if you hand me a guitar, yeah, it's like all of a sudden yeah. I can have a conversation. That's totally fine. And that's I my lo- heart. And that's so cool. I love that. So um, you mentioned some uh, folks back in the day in Fredericksburg that poured into your life in terms of influencing you, like your dad and yeah. and who else? Like in terms of on a national level, what were you listening to back in the oh, day? Oh yeah, well, uh, a lot of obscure people mm-hmm. because. Uh, my one of my stepdads when I was thirteen, he he was a guitarist also, and he had a vast record collection. Okay, and I really started, you know, without him really knowing me, yeah. getting into that record collection right. when he was gone. Yeah, sorry about that. No, um, <laughs> sorry, dude. <laughs> uh, but I, I dove into that that record collection, and one of the guitarists that I loved growing up was his name was Alvin Lee. Uh huh. Uh, of course, I mentioned Roy Buchanan, uh, and then I also listened to all the jazz guys because my, my dad loved jazz and my mom sang jazz. So, because I was so close to DC, um, there were two clubs that I, I remember going to when I was fourteen, fifteen. Uh, that that my parents would take me to. Mm-hmm. One of them was Charlie's. And that was after the, the guitarist Charlie Bird. Yes. And then the other place was called Blues Alley, which is still there in D.C., in Georgetown. Okay. Yeah. You, you can yeah. go there now. But there was a, a team of guitarists, and they called themselves the Great Guitars, and they were jazz players. And it was Barney Kessel, Herb Ellis, and Charlie Bird. Yeah. And so every time they were in town, yeah. I would make sure I was there watching them. But also, I got to see Joe Pass when I was I, mean, okay. I was like 15 years old, and Joe Pass, I was so excited to see Joe Pass because I thought he's going to come out with a, you know, drums and bass and and, and guitar and yeah. and just be swinging it all night. Yeah. Well, this is Joe came out with by himself, brought a guitar, and it kind of looked like. I don't know. It, he reminded me of what's the guy on on the the Peanuts gang that had, oh no the, the, had the blanket that oh would, uh, Linus 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 he reminded me of Linus coming out because he kind of had his guitar like a blanket okay. you know he was just kind of dragging it with him and he got up there and he proceeded to just play for two hours nonstop you know he just immersed himself in the instrument and he he invited you he he wasn't an entertainer mm-hmm. but. He was so good, mm-hmm. and you could tell he loved it so much that you you just were drawn in to the music and what he was doing, and so that inspired me. I mean, I I, I went home that night. I didn't sleep. I practiced the whole night. I couldn't. I that couldn't go to sleep. Truly, truly cool. Now you said something else that just kind. Of, I love this. You know, stream of consciousness interviews yeah. are my favorite. But you said you paid more attention to the obscure players. Yeah, you're probably probably the first person in the entire history of this show that actually said obscure players. What drew you to them rather than, say, the Framptons and the Claptons and the Carltons and, the, you know, well, the, the, all, the, ones that, the ones that everybody knew? All, all, of, the, all of those became influences. Right. And, and actually, when you talk about Eric Clapton, I was more influenced by Eric Clapton with the Blues Breakers. Okay. 
John Mayall and the Blues Breakers, mm-hmm. there's a record called the Beano Album. It's not really called the Beano Album, but he's reading a comic book called Beano <laughs> in the cover, and so everybody <laughs> refers to it as, as the Beano Album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a song on that record where Eric Clapton, and he was an influence. I'm just saying, no, no, no. He, this was the obscure yeah. Eric Clapton kind yeah. of, if you will. It play, he. This is the first time that I ever heard, and maybe it was the first time in history that there was a Les Paul, because Les Pauls had kind of faded away okay. at the end of the 1960s okay. and went to SGs. Mm-hmm. They were still called Les Paul. But Eric Clapton played a 59 Les Paul through a Marshall. Okay. And it changed everything. Okay. It really changed the world. Just in terms of the sound. The sound. Yeah. yeah. It was like this yeah. beautifully harmonically rich distortion. Mm-hmm. And of course with Eric Planet. So I love that record. Yeah. But that's obscure. But that's- but the other guys like like even Van Halen when Van Halen came out and uh, and I remember kids trying to get me to listen to Kiss and I'm like and I'd listen to Kiss I'm like going Alvin Lee is so much better than all of that stuff. Yeah. Now, now, when I did hear Eddie, that that no, I was going to say now. Okay, you've got Kiss and you've got Van Halen because Eddie is a virtuoso and it's just it's Eddie, ridiculous. Ch- yeah, Eddie, Eddie, <laughs> Eddie changed the world. Yeah, he did. He, he really, t- he just did. But I get what you're saying. Yeah, I get what you're but saying. But I liked, I liked like Tal Farlow. I mean, there's some of these guys, the jazz people would know, but most of the guys that grew up playing pop, especially a lot of the the guys growing up now that maybe do a lot of worship music yeah. or. Or do a lot of pop. Uh, they 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 miss some of these guys and like some of the old blues guys too. I mean, like Robert Johnson would be more right, in muddy the, waters. Yeah, some of those buddy guy. That yeah, I get. But you. but they're like I I loved Elmore James. Yeah, uh, he he yeah. he was fantastic and he only played like two licks, but it was great. And you know BB King, but I liked Albert King and Freddie King right equally as much as Buddy yeah. as uh, as BB uh, King. Yeah, so. That's really cool. See yeah. the, okay, so you're to my listener, you're going to have to go back and Google all those names, and you've just got a guitar music primer <laughs> on great on guitar greats that we've never some of the greatest, the best secrets in yeah. the world of guitar. Yeah. I guess you could probably and, I, and I'll say I'll say his name again because if missed it at the beginning. If you, if if you're out there listening and you've never heard Danny Gatton, da- Danny Gatton, just go and Google Danny Gatton, especially. Uh, when it was called Redneck Jazz Explosion. Love it. And it's in the 70s. Danny was probably 28, 29 years old. I love it. And he's playing guitar like he's taking jazz and country for the and just putting it together and it will blow your mind. It's it's Redneck Jazz Explosion, Danny Gatton. Okay, that's all I'm saying. I'm okay. <laughs> I, seriously, I, you got you, you had me in hello. So, all right, so are you self-taught? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, my dad showed me some stuff, and then my mom showed me some stuff, and my go mom. My, I love women. You know what? I yeah. still have yet to get a female guitar player on the show. Oh yeah, there's a lot of great ones out there too. Is your mom still with us? You... Yeah, my okay. mom is still with us. My dad passed away in July oh, this okay. last year. I am so sorry. So yeah, it was okay. that was that was, was tough because I there, you know there's especially. Um, when I'm doing sessions, he always liked me to call him. You got to tell me what you're working on or Aww, what you're doing. I love and so, that. you know, there's times where I'm like, oh, I got to call my dad. Oh, I can't call my dad. Well, 
Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with he's, you. He's probably seen now. He's probably seen better yeah. at this point than he he's did. He's up there then. jamming with Chris Kent. He, so. yeah. Oh, you know, that's right. <laughs> a name that we bring up many, many times on this show. Because yeah. I'm telling you right now, if he were still with us, he would probably have been my very first guest. Chris we started, Kent. Yeah, I'm telling one of the greatest bass players Nashville Absolutely. will ever know. Absolutely. But uh, I, I asked about your mom because there's a, a restaurant on the north side of Nashville in the Opry area. And I wish I could remember it. I can see it in my mind, but I can't remember the name of it. But their house band, I think the average age is probably 60. Oh, wow. And the bass player is this little um, woman who play? I mean, she just oh sits there gosh. and plays bass. They played Lady Annabelle, Lady Annabellum's "Need You Now," and she's they they were singing, swinging it. Oh my gosh! It was like I was between sets at the Opry with with Lori Morgan's bass player. We were just like grabbing a bite to eat real yeah. quick, and I'm like, oh my gosh, they're yeah. playing "Need You." It's like it's like. Yeah. Seniors gone wild. It was oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like it would be really cool to see your mom just kind of get down. Oh, yeah, and, she still and, sings. I mean, she, I love it. She doesn't really play uh, as much. She used to play a lot of like, the Chet Atkins stuff. Oh my gosh! And I'll tell you a story. My mom told me, and my my dad confirmed it. But my mom has a great ear. Okay. My dad, not so much. Mm-hmm. He really had to work hard to to get to where he was. Wow. Uh, just because it didn't come as natural. Right. And. So one night, uh, my dad was in the other room working on a guitar lick, and and you know my they, my parents were married when they were like eighteen, nineteen mm-hmm. years old, mm-hmm. so they're probably nineteen, twenty years old, and my dad over and over and over listening, 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 listening. and my mom finally walks in and goes, "It's like this." <laughs> so that's fantastic. So what a blessing to get talent from both yeah. sides of your, you know, both of your parents. Yeah. That's really cool. I, I think, and, and as far as. The real talent from my my dad, I always say it's the passion because yeah. he had a great passion. You never see him play the guitar without just his eyes closing and he, he just immerse yeah. himself in. And then my mom, you know, it just very just a natural gift it has you know this amazing ear. Don't go too far. We have more coming up in the second half of our conversation with this week's guest, Dave Cleveland. We'll talk gear. We'll talk upcoming projects and challenges as an artist in today's market. All that plus a round of Take Your Pick. I'm Marcia Wilder, and you are at NashvilleGuitarStore.com. At NashvilleGuitarStore.com, paying full price for guitars is a thing of the past. Like dial-up internet. You'll find Epiphone, Fender, Gretsch, Ibanez, Taylor, and lots more. What you won't find is the big box store prices. Get yourself a killer guitar at a fraction of the retail price at NashvilleGuitarStore.com. NashvilleGuitarStore.com CD Guitars and Prayer, that's Dave Cleveland, Open the Eyes of My Heart. Dave's our guest this week on the podcast. Welcome back to part two of our conversation with him. I'm Marcia Wilder, and you are at NashvilleGuitarStore.com. 
switching gears. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Let's talk about gear. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, oh this could know. go on for years. <laughs> Settle in, kids. It's going to be a long oh, night. <laughs> I'll try and lunch. be, I'll be no, you're fine. No, this is, this is what we want to know. Because okay. one of the things I love about this job is I'm a vocalist by trade. I, yep. But I have enough. A fantastic vocalist, oh, by the way. Oh, bless your heart. Here's that dollar. Yeah. <laughs> we saw that. Yeah. But I, I, I know just enough about guitars football and hockey yeah. to make me the coolest wife on right. the planet yeah. and dangerous to everybody else. Yeah. But what I do appreciate when I, you know, with the bands that I've toured with, watching the different stage setups that oh, every yeah. guitarist has yeah. to produce the sound. So tell me about your core setup. Well, it's it's always, you know, changing and developing and I never have got to the place where I'm like this is it. Yeah. You know. And I think the, the thing about gear that I've learned is no matter what gear I have, mm-hmm. my ear and my feel and my hands are always going to get me to where I need to be. Yeah. I just, if there's a sound I'm going for, I'll, whatever I have, make it work. I'll make it work. Okay. So gear is all about getting the pieces of gear that will get me there faster. Okay. Especially doing sessions where I'm doing four or five parts a song in an hour. Right, right, So I've got to, uh, number one, I've got to know my gear and I've got to be able to to, to have a vision of, like when I hear a song, Mm -hmm. uh, we don't have, sometimes you have the luxury of going, oh, we're going to work on this song for a whole day. Okay, great. Yes. So I'll, I'll, uh, my mindset will relax and and I'll be creative and, you know, Mm -hmm. take the day. But most records nowadays, you have, an hour to an hour and a half to cut a song mm-hmm. that includes bass and drums and keys mm-hmm. and then guitar overdubs. They want you to get as many as you can in yeah. that time. Yeah. So I've got to, I've, as soon as I hear a song, the, the main thing is I listen to the vocal and the melody mm-hmm. because the, I, I, I draw most of my inspiration from the vocal and the melody. So that's, that's key, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So then then I use the gear that I have set before me to create the sounds that that I'm feeling inspired to play mm-hmm. based on the vocal. And then, of course, when the other things get around that track, mm-hmm. th- then then you find your way sonically mm-hmm. to, to do things that work. Yeah. You know, I, I never play for me in this in a, in the studio. Okay. I yes. never I never yeah. play for my sound. Right. Right. I always play for this the record the artist how do i make this artist shine mm-hmm. and be the star of right. the track mm-hmm. and so if if the guitar parts take away from that then i'm not doing what i'm supposed to be doing i mean right. now there are times oh we want you to do a solo or we need a hook for the intro mm-hmm. of the song and then i'll feel the liberty to step out and do that but for the most part i try and do sounds and parts mm-hmm. that so right now on my board I always have some kind of compressor. Mm-hmm. I think I have a Keeley right now. I always have about four or five different dirt boxes, mm-hmm. including overdrives, distortion, and fuzz. Uh, I've got a fuzz box now made, made by uh, Main Ace. I got it at the NAM show this year. Oh, cool. And it's the craziest, best fuzz on the planet. I think it's called a racer head. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's the most creative... Wow! I mean, a uh, fuzz I've ever had in my life. Cool. So I love that pedal, and yeah. I actually did a part with it the other day, and I saw the second 
adjusting his patch cables because yeah. he thought something was broke. Oh wow! <laughs> and, and the, but and it was—it's like this is what this is how it's I'm supposed going to sound. for this. Yeah, this is what I and, want. And they're like, they're like, did you mean to do that? I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I've always got though uh, my probably my favorite um, company right now that makes pedals. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there's a couple of them I, lo- I love. Um, um, Exact tone over the, those guys, Barry O'Neill, and yeah. great. But this guy Dave Denton down in Florida mm-hmm. makes these. I mean, uh, I say Florida; it's Georgia. It's right there, the Gulf Shores area. Yeah, uh, he makes these pedals called Seafoam, and they're so. All I can, the only way I can describe it is every time I turn, every time I hit the button, no matter how much distortion I have on it, or if I'm using it as a clean boost, it, it, it's like. I describe it as being at the back of the line at Disney and you're waiting two hours to get to yeah. the, the ride. As soon as I hit this pedal, I'm at the front of the line. Right, 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 right. It's like it just, it's a fast pass. Yeah. yeah. So I love that pedal. And, yeah. and then, of course, uh, I've got, you know, volume pedal, wah pedal. I think I use, I've got several different wahs that I choose from. Um, but then I have this thing called a super ego, which allows me to freeze sounds to create crazy ambient stuff, which I love. Wow! And then I just added three Eventide H9s onto my the backside for all of the gacky yeah. weird stuff and delays and verbs and I call it gack. It's the best word for it. It's just like That's stuff. So, I love I love how guitar players just you just make up a word that describes the sound <laughs> you're trying to achieve. And what's really cool about this is my next question was about te- you know just embracing new technology oh. to help create your sound. Some folks. Um, are for it. Some uh, you strike me as someone who really likes to look at. Like, I mean, why else go to an AM show? <laughs> you know, well, unless you want to find out what's up and coming in the world of guitar tech. Right. I totally. It's like going. It, it's like somebody going. Well, I'm I'm only going to play a G chord because that's that's old school. I'm not going to play a G major seven. I'm like, well, what if the song needs a G major seven? So I look at technology as yeah a tool. That I use. I mean, I have all the tube stuff, all the tube amps, mm-hmm. all the analog stuff. But as soon as I leave here, I'm going to do a session with my iPad yeah. and a duet mm-hmm. and a couple of Brett Teagarden uh, DIs. Hi, Brett Teagarden. Hi, Brett. We love you. <laughs> and, and, and literally, uh, uh, this this software called, uh, it's by Positive Grid mm-hmm. and it's, uh, it's Bias Effects. I can completely manipulate everything. on. My, I'm talking on my iPad. No latency. Love it. I'm tracking through my iPad. That it's, is so it's cool. It's crazy. That is crazy. But but I, once again, I'm I'm only using it as a tool to, to create the sounds I'm already hearing in yeah. my head. Um, the, the voice is in my head. Oh, no. <laughs> Me and him and yeah. them. Uh, oh, we all get together and we have a great <laughs> yeah. time. No, yeah. it's just funny that you're talking about this because my brother-in-law is uh, really into... He's more. He's a sound guy. And yeah. he just loves... He just bought a vintage reel-to-reel. Oh, yeah. And he's just going to have so much fun with it. And he's like, next time you come home, we'll splice some stuff. I'm like, yeah, that was, hey, that's, yeah. that's back in the day. But yeah. I love bringing old school into new school. Absolutely. And I think that's what makes... A lot. It, it, I think it helps a guitarist grow in it their craft. It totally does. If I mean, you can't. To... You just can't shut off technology because you're like, well, that's not going through a tube amp. I'm, it's okay. It just use your creativity mm-hmm. to use this to your advantage. Like I have a pedal board, another pedal board that it's it's all dirt boxes and fuzz. I love it. And then I have one pedal that's a loop pedal, uh-huh. and it goes into 
an Echoplex from the late 60s. Wow. And it's like, why not? Absolutely. Because it's like that Echoplex doesn't sound like anything else. It's just so, all a part of the big tapestry. Of, yeah. Well, that's really cool. Well, what do you think? Um, gosh, I love how your answers are like you're, you're helping me. You're <laughs> you're leading me from question to question, uh, like, like a like the, like the like the great interview subject that you are. Uh, um, but in all seriousness, one of the things you know after you've been here for a few years, you're watching these young bloods come in. Yeah. All oh, these young kids, these whippersnappers. Yes, but no. In all seriousness, not just young in age, but young in technique and young yeah. in 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 being part of the craft. But right. what would you say some of the biggest missteps new guitarists make, guitarists make, or young guitarists make with, with regard to their setup, with regard to their gear? Because there's nothing wrong with being a gearhead. No. But well, I, I I think the biggest thing would be that the the, the gear is not going to make you a better player. Okay. The the gear is only there to enhance your creativity and to try and get the sounds that you want to get. You've got to practice. You've got to put in the hours. I still get up in the morning. Uh, I go to this site called sightreading.com, I think. Oh, cool. Because I, I've always found that it's important to try and be a good reader in mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 been a blessing to me because it's allowed me... To do some of the things I've done, like, you know, I was able to play with Linda Carter for a few years uh, when Carrie Marks was out on the road with Olivia Newton-John. Yeah. And so she has a big book of, uh, you know, and you've got to read it because you don't play it every night. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we're playing like the Lincoln Center, the Kennedy Center. and She's been touring a lot lately. She's been to Nashville like twice. Yeah, she does the the Franklin Franklin Theater. Theater. Yeah. Yeah, that is so cool. Yeah. That is awesome. So I'm, I'm always like... you. You've got to continue, like, for the young people, don't just learn a song and be able to play that song and think that that's it. Yeah. You've got to develop your skills. Mm -hmm. I mean, learn how to read music, learn chord voicings, learn picking techniques, you know, learn everything you can and just make... make your base so wide that you have so much to draw from that when an idea sparks... You you've got some mm-hmm. some tools to to grab that you can oh oh yeah well I practice that I know how to get that so that, that's a good word that's a good that's good advice so as far as writing goes and we'll talk about your CDs in just a few minutes but um, what is your favorite guitar to use when you write I grab my dad's old Guild uh, classical he taught on it he bought it brand new in 1977 and he taught on that guitar until about till he gave it to me around 2004 wow and, and it looks like Willie Nelson's guitar oh cool but it sounds so good and it and since my dad passed away it's a little more meaningful to me yes and and, and it when I pull it out of the case, it still has the smell yeah. of like his clone or whatever on it. That is really <laughs> that's really cool. So it's, that's an heirloom right there. Yeah. So, do your kids play? Uh, my kids have kind of shied away from guitar, although both of them. The, well, my oldest is no, she's totally into. She wants to work on Capitol Hill one day doing finances up there. Bless her heart. So I'm like, oh, great, honey. Good job. You can help oh, she daddy. Wants, she wants to be a missionary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, so what about uh, what about your boy? 
Joshua, yeah. he's always he, he's singing. He's always in a play. He just finished up Lame Is where he was Gavroche. Uh, he now he's he's in Pippin. The the uh, Columbia State hired him to come in and play Theo in Pippin. Awesome. And and he's in Peter Pan right now as one of the Lost Boys because uh, so cool. he had to he had to back off a little bit. So he's just going to be a he's going to be a Lost Boy. Yeah, he's but not he, shoot, he's not shooting for Pan himself. No. <laughs> but he he's he's super talented. And and Catherine is an amazing singer. Uh, and that's not just Dad. Yeah. That's, that's no. She yeah. gets so frustrated with me because every time she she writes a song and she comes in and she sings it, I'm like, well, that's great. And then I grab my guitar and I have to help. Right. No. 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 That's no, no. not what. I, no. That's not what I asked you, Dad. I'm Dad then. <laughs> not, not. Not co-writer. Dave, yeah. You're not. You're not David. You're not Dave Cleveland, guitar player. You're Dad. I'm Dad. Dad. Don't say anything. Just listen to my song. So <laughs> that is so cool. But they're yeah, they're doing great. They they love they love music. Just not. It's it's guitar. a different. It's just different. Yeah. Paths, but same yeah. same objective. Yeah. So who's influencing you now? Well, that's a good question. Um, and I can answer that. Well, can we stop for just a moment? Yeah. Okay, that's 335. 35, 32. I want to amend this. I want to go back to the question about your favorite guitar, your dad's guitar. Oh, yeah. Um, what is it about that guitar that gives you what you need or what you like to yeah. when you're writing? What is it about the guitar that's so great? Well... It's number one. It's just it's it's his guitar, mm-hmm. and it's always mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. It's always access, accessible, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a classical guitar. Okay, so it it helps me to focus on really focus on melody and chords as opposed to sometimes if I write with an electric with a sound, it leads me down a certain road, where where the classical is kind of it's it doesn't really influence you. Mm-hmm. In any of those ways, it just wants melody. Mm-hmm. It wants chords. Okay. And so I feel like I can get a very good the groundwork mm-hmm. with that guitar. Gotcha. And then I can expand to the other things. That's cool. Yeah. So um, we talked about early influences when you were younger. Um, who's influencing you now? Well, I actually like a lot of the guys that I get to work with. Some of the younger guys mm-hmm. that are that are out there um i love mike Payne, his guitar plan okay he's such a real tone driven guitar player mm-hmm. and i'm always inspired when i work with him yeah um uh i get inspired by uh there's a, a keyboard player in town named jason webb and jason always inspires me i know these aren't guys that you go out and buy a record necessarily but they're people that you can look up and the beauty of where we are now is you hear a name you can google it and boom there you go you've just discovered a whole new avenue so that's i mean that's what that's what nashville guitar stores podcast is all about yeah it's just it's not about just learning who's moving you but we're discovering totally new avenues for yeah for who's who's great out there that maybe not everybody knows yeah so yeah these are these are great great players and you know when you work with people and you and you listen and you open yourself up to be influenced by other people it it's amazing how yeah. it, I think the worst thing you could do is go into a session or be in a band and 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 feel like that nobody can show you anything right. or nobody can teach you anything right. or you can't be influenced by a drummer because they're a drummer. I think that's a big mistake. No, I'm, I, I I get influenced by drummers, yeah. keyboards, 
uh, bass. bass player, yeah, absolutely. Saxophone player. I've actually been going back and listening to a lot of the Chick Corea stuff. Yeah. Um, just listening to John Patitucci and what he does. Oh. And I know these are a little bit older, but but also I've been listening to a lot of Mike Stern. And mm-hmm. some of these guys that have been around for a while, they, mm-hmm. they, they still are, are influencing because they refuse – to rest on mm-hmm. what they did. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of what keeps you young as a player mm-hmm. is you just refuse to mm-hmm. like, well, I made it. I'm going to, that's, that, that's the pinnacle. Yeah, I'm done. This is it. This is what I've got. This is what I do. I don't think we ever get there. And I, and people ask me, uh, they're like, well, how, how do you, how do you stay so young? And you always sound young. And I'm like, well, it's because I play power chords for a living. It's... <laughs> so have power chords, will travel. Yeah. Um, so. Well, um, what do you think your greatest challenge? And I think you've kind of touched on it, but I just, you know, to kind of encapsulate, you know, where you are, you've got what, you know, 20, 30 some years under your belt. Yeah. As an artist, what is your greatest challenge right now? Well, I, th- I think as an artist, I want to continue to to be creative and do things and play things mm-hmm. that inspire people and that are meaningful mm-hmm. and not just uh, not not just look at me music. I wanted to my music. If you listen to any of my projects, there's some flashy stuff, I guess, mm-hmm. on there, but it's always about trying to to influence people and inspire them with melodies mm-hmm. and, and scene changes and mm-hmm. all those sonic things yeah. that, that we love. I mean, yeah. that's, that, that, that's my main goal as an artist. And, you know, I, I'm, I think I've written, I'm close to probably close to 3000 cues I've written for TV now. Wow. And so I'm always trying to, um, think about the people that will hear these on shows. Right. And as a Christian, I always want to influence the world right. with my music, just right. as David did when he was sitting there with Saul that one day, and Saul was kind of freaking out, and David played his instrument, and, and it soothed him, and it changed him. Yeah. And so I feel like that God's given me this opportunity to be on music all over the world, that my little guitar parts can make a difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, your Hope in Motion CD came out a couple of years back, um, and like I said earlier at the top of the the show, um, you have Beautiful Dream, Guitars and Worship. Um, what are you working on now? Well, I've actually put the... Do you have time to work on anything now? I don't. <laughs> so let me tell you what I'm working on, <laughs> and I have to carve out time to do this. Yes. But uh, I'm working on a 52-week guitar program right now, Huh. and it will... We, we've just finished taping episode 22. Okay. And so I'm going to release it as a subscription-based site because I think it's going to be an ongoing thing, okay. uh, hopefully in July. Okay. And it, it's it's just DaveCleveland.com. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll do some Facebook push and yeah. Instagram yeah, yeah. and all that. And, yeah. And so you're, get, you're, you're pretty well covered on social media then. You, you do the, you do them Googles and them internets. Yeah, and, them and internets. Them, and them, and them Facebooks and Instagrams. Yes. Do you do the Twitter? <laughs> My I, mom referred to it yesterday. The Twitter? Promise you. She said the Twitter. I said, man, don't ever. <laughs> I, and I, she goes, is it just Twitter? I said, don't ever stop saying the Twitter because yeah, it just warms my it's heart. It's wonderful. It is. It's just to hear my 76-year-old mother say, <laughs> she's on the Twitter. <laughs> it 
Mom, that sounds like a personal problem. (laughs) And she's probably listening to this podcast now because she's my mom. Hi, mom. (laughs) But I'm like, don't ever stop saying the Twitter. It's fantastic. So, um... Well, um, this is, uh, we're, believe it or not, we're almost done. Oh, but my. We, I know. But we like to end with what I what I call my audio Rorschach test. So it doesn't require any thought whatsoever. We call it take your pick. We give you two items and you choose either this or that. Get oh it? Oh, my goodness. Take your pick. Yes. we're just so clever. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to let the cameras, speaking of picks. <laughs> you got your picks with you? I use these GraphTech picks. Come on now. This is what we love. I love these. Graph Tech Picks. What's great about it? Just so happened to have the three colors. Okay, listen. Okay. Stop it. Hear that? Yeah. Now listen to this. Now listen to this. They all three have different tones. Different sounds, yeah. They're they're harmonically rich guitar picks by Graph Tech. Yeah, they're Graph Tech. They're Tusk, T-U-S-Q or something. Yeah. I found them at NAMM, and I play so much acoustic guitar, and I can literally... If I stack an acoustic guitar part, I can just change my guitar pick, and it completely changes the sound. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was... No, that's awesome. No, seriously. Oh, and there they go, and on, there the they go on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> that's really great. So, See, okay. we're, all, we're, all, we're all about shameless self-promotion. That's just, just promote oh, I love it. It's fantastic. I can't okay. wait to hear that back. I'm, I know. Hope, I'm hoping that actually you can hear it. Well, Josh, make sure you amplify that. Yeah. Let's hear the drop of the guitar pick. So anyway, okay. No, in all seriousness, that that's that's really cool. Anything else you got coming out you want to talk about? Because now is your moment. That's, that's it. I mean, the, the guitar program is the, is the thing I'm really excited yeah. about. So head and over to going, Dave, DaveCleveland.com. Yeah, DaveCleveland.com. And it's going to literally, like we were talking earlier about, we we're talking about new guys coming up and not just, you know, a lot of guys on a song. Yeah. And then that's it. I'm covering, I, every, every week I do a, an intense warm-up. I do. Uh, I, I teach you how to read music. Yeah. Just little bites. Yeah. Then I teach you how to play triads, which are the key to playing in a band. Yeah. Then we do ear training, mm-hmm. and then we do. Uh, I do a lick of the week, and then I do a, a jam at the end where you can jam along with me. I play for about five minutes, just oh, playing rhythm. Oh, that's so cool! So you can jam along with me. You can play a lick that I showed you. It will work over the progression, or you can just. That's cool. DaveCleveland.com. That so, is really be cool. Fun. All right. Well, let's get into uh, our round of Take Your Pick, which uh, is, like I said, is my favorite part. I'm of nervous now. I know. What are you going to ask it's me? All, it's all good. It's all good. Okay. We're going to start. We're going we're gonna to start easy. Okay. Beatles Stones. <laughs> you can't do that. You can't. You can't. You can't. What, what kind of world are we in? I'm, I, I can't. <laughs> Come on now. Don't don't think. Don't think. I I can't they they're both in they're both just running the rent the lanes equally for okay, me. Okay, ding. Both is also acceptable answer. Okay. Shoot. <laughs> Strings 10 or 11s. 10s. Peanut butter smooth or chunky? Chunky. Oh, wow. There oh, you yeah. go. All right, 80s hair. Bring it back. Yes or no? I, I don't know. Look at my hair. <laughs> I know, but you you know what? Can I just say as someone who is in my age group, you have tremendous hair. I need a haircut. You, I was going to say so are we, are we, I asked Billy Ray Cyrus that once. I said I know we're not supposed to ask questions about mullets. He said, "Excuse me, it's pronounced mullet." Yeah. So, are we bringing back 80s hair? Yes or no? I, I don't think so. Oh, okay, okay. I, I don't think we are. <laughs> I, th- I think we might glance at it, but I don't think we're bringing it black. <laughs> <laughs> We're not bringing it black. No, we're not. That <laughs> was awesome. You know I'm not going to let you get away with that. All right, Amp, Fenders or Marshalls? Fender. Uh, 4 a.m., get up or go to bed? 
Oh, get up. Okay. Uh, live studio. Studio. Um, toilet paper, over or under? Uh, 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 under. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> think. Toothpaste from the middle of the tube or squeeze from the bottom? Oh, bottom. Okay. My man. Would you please talk to my David about that, please? Um, <laughs> I mean, we've, I've been doing this podcast. And put the cap on. Exactly. For, for, we've been doing this uh, podcast for a year. He's still not squeezing. He's still... Yeah. It's just right like, in the middle. Right in the middle. <laughs> um, let's see. Clapton or Carlton? Larry. Jeff Beck or Brian May? Jeff. And finally, guitar riff. Satisfaction or smoke on the water? Satisfaction. Rockin'. Yeah. David Cleveland, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I just want to say thank you so much because, oh, I, like I said, you are one of the busiest, one of the hardest working men in this town, in this industry, and the fact that you had time to spend a few moments with us has been a real, a real thrill. I appreciate you asking me. It's thank a you. It's to be here with you. Thank you. Thank you, Marcia, and thank you, NationalGuitarStore.com. Dedicated to bringing you inspiration, education, and behind-the-scenes stories from prominent guitarists and others influential in the music profession. To hear more, subscribe to the Nashville Guitar Store podcast in iTunes. Go to NashvilleGuitarStore.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram.